Hello and welcome to BCL Coast to Coast, the official podcast of the Basketball Champions League. My name is Austin Green, and on this week's episode, we're talking award season from the regular season of the BCL. Joining me to do that is David Hein over in snowy Germany. Dave, uh, how you doing over there? Yeah, good. Can't complain too much. Uh, wish that we had some uh, Champions League to watch, but uh, yeah, look, really looking forward to the draw uh, next week, and before that, we can do some official, unofficial, unofficial awards. So that should be should be fun. Yeah, emphasis on unofficial there. These are not like the final award selections. These are just Dave and I's picks uh, for who we would have for MVP, star lineup first and second team, defensive player of the year, coach of the year, uh, and a couple others. So we'll get into those here in a minute. As Dave said, no Champions League games this week because the regular season has finished. The playoffs draw is February 18th. And the first playoff games will be March 3rd and 4th. So stay tuned for that draw next week to see who gets matched up against each other for the round of 16. And the round of 16 this year is a best of three format. Joining us later on the show is DJ Seeley, the great shooting guard from Zaragoza. He helped lead them to a first place finish in Group D. And uh, we talked with, to DJ about that and, uh, and, and much more as Zaragoza is having a great season over there in Spain. All right, Dave, let's jump in with the awards. First up, MVP, and I'll let you go first on this. Who's your MVP oh. of the 2019-2020 <laughs> Basketball Champions League? I was kind of hoping you would go first, but I'll go. Okay. Um, you know, f- first of all, um, uh, no, I'll, I'll just do it. I'm going to go, um, I'm going to go with, and Igor will be happy about this. Uh, so, like, um, so I'll call uh, Sakic from Lead Cabela's. Wow. Yeah. Um, I, I just think the fact that, that, um, that team with really not loads, of guys on that team making it to the um, making it to the playoffs um, was I mean you you know it yourself um, when you when we heard when we saw whatever that they made the playoffs we're like how did they even do that were they we we barely we barely even remembered that they were still um, that they still had a chance. Um, and obviously he played such a huge factor all season for them. Um, and I would say most valuable player, most valuable player, meaning, and I'm always, you know, like NBA, okay, who's the most valuable player. If you take a player off the team, what is the team like? And, and, and I, I would think that without him, they are 10 times worse. Well, whatever. You know what I'm saying. So I'm going to go. I know that's probably, I might be the only person maybe other than Igor, who knows, um, uh, who's going to say it, but uh, I'm going to say he's the MVP. So what do you got? Yeah, I think uh, it's, it, first of all, it's tough to argue with, with Sakic if you're looking at it as most valuable, what they mean to their team. Like you said, uh, he was a monster this season. Just some numbers to back you up there. 17.4 points per game. That was eighth in the league. 6.9 rebounds. That was 11th in the league. 
He scored over 30 points a couple times. He was in double figures every single week. And like you said, just kind of drug them to the playoffs with a seven and seven record. They had a, a plus two point differential. So that shows you just kind of how close it was, uh, for Leet Cabellus getting into the playoffs. And yeah, Sackage was, was a monster. So it's tough to argue with that one. I'm going to go a different direction though. Um, and actually go with your guy. Tayshawn Thomas from Hapoel, Jerusalem. The, that team has a ton of talent. So, you know, if you take him off the team, they're still pretty good with Feldine and Jacobin Brown and those guys. But Thomas this season, almost 16 points a game, six rebounds, two assists, 1.5 blocks, which was eighth in the league, uh, shooting a ridiculous 75.6% from two-point field goal range, which is incredible. And Hapoel Jerusalem had the best offense in the league this season. Uh, he had 27 in a big game against Borgos. So I decided to go with Tayshaun Thomas from Jerusalem. They were, you know, one of the, one of the best teams from start to finish. Uh, so that was, that was my MVP pick. What do you think about that one? Uh, hard to complain at all. Um, obviously, you know everybody who, who's been listening to the show now the last season and a half season and a half knows how much I I, I love um, him and his game and everything else. So uh, absolutely zero problem. Um, and uh, yeah, spoiler, he's on my my first team in the uh, star lineup as well. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, you you really can't uh, complain about what he's done. Okay, so Dave's got Zelko Sakic from Lead Cabellus as his MVP. I'm going with Tayshawn Thomas from Hapoel Jerusalem. Let's go to star lineup first team. I'll go first for this one since I made you go first for MVP. Uh, I'm going Marcelino Huertas from Tenerife at point guard. Led the league in assists this season. Set the BCL record for most most assists in a single season. So I'm going with Marcelino Huertas. Tayshawn Thomas, as I mentioned. Daishan Pierre from Dinamo Sassari, Kyle Wilcher from Turk Telecom, and Zach Hankins from Nimburg. Uh, so positionally, mostly front court guys, Thomas, Pierre, Wilcher, those guys are forwards. Hankins is a center. Uh, but yeah, I went Huertas, Thomas, Pierre, Wilcher, and Hankins. Uh, who do you got, Dave? Uh, okay, so um, obviously Sakic is in there. I have Huertas as well. I have Pierre in there as well. I have Thompson, uh, Thomas in there as well. And I have Hankins in there as well. So basically, it's, uh, I guess, uh, Wiltshire, uh, you have Wiltshire in there, and I have Sakic. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Huertas has to be in there. I think Pierre also has to be in there, what he's done. Um, Hankins, we can, um, yeah, I, I think that, um, I think that Hankins, um, the fact that what he's done against some of those bigs in that group, um, and, uh, and, and slowed down, you know, you think about the Sherman Dini game where he, you know, frustrated him defensively, um, and yet able to produce offensively the, the energy, yeah. the emotion that he gives, um, the fact that they won that group. I think you almost have to put somebody in there. And I think that, um, the, the defensive, um, you know, especially the block shots, you know, 2.3 blocks a game, if I'm not mistaken, um, what he brought to the table, um, was, and also I think he shot 61% if I'm not mistaken, um, just was, uh, most important from that, from that team. And, and I think just the fact that they won that group over Tenerife, um, should, should be uh, recognized. So, yeah, I mean, obviously can't can really complain, um, about, uh, your star lineup first team since I have basically the same thing. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think Hankins had to be on there over some of the other centers in the league just because, yeah, Nimberg, 12-2, and two, most wins in the competition, best defense in the Champions League. He was a huge part of that. Like you said, he led the league in blocks with 2.3, and he gave you something on the offensive end with uh, 11 points per game. He was efficient. He had that clutch buzzer beater tip in earlier in the season. So yeah, Hankins, Hankins was phenomenal. Uh, Kyle Wilcher, I wanted to put somebody from Turk Telecom on there, him. Uh, Mustafa Fall was also great this season, but uh, Kyle Wilcher was fifth in the league in scoring at 18.5 points per game, shot the ball incredibly well, 6.6 rebounds. Uh, he scored over 30 points a couple times, and Turk Telecom finished 11-3 and and at the top of Group A, so definitely wanted to put him on there as well. Okay, second team. I'll go first again on this one. I have David Holston from Dijon, Keith Langford from Ike, Zelko Sakic from Lead Cabellis, Emmanuel Terry from Bandirma, and Georgie Shermadini from Tenerife. Yeah, it looks a lot like my <laughs> looks a lot, a lot like my team. Not quite, um, but almost. Uh, Holston for sure. Uh, Terry as well, uh, Sherman Dini. I have uh, Wiltshire in there, so there's uh, the replacement for Sakic. Um, and I ended up putting Tony Roten in there, um, just because Anvil, you know, I, yeah. I know they didn't make the playoffs, and it was, you know, that was a really tough group that they were in. Um, but I just think that that he kind of deserved to be in there. Langford, um, the fact that he got hurt in really an important stretch. Um, is is one of the reasons I think that that whole Ike situation is something that um, you know kind of uh, the fact that that's a, a really a totally different uh, thing now um, the team now um, the fact that he kind of got hurt and they kind of you know sort of had to uh, limp to the finish if you will um, is why I didn't consider Langford um, in it and 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 obviously you know we had our MVP. And, and I, I think in both of our opinion, we had our MVP uh, leave the league uh, with Howard St. Ruiz going to CSKA Moscow. Um, obviously, he would have been in, in, in both of our teams, probably MVP as well. Um, so, but 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 uh, Langford, for when he was there, sure, uh, I think he deserves, you know, second team. Uh, but I just, the, I considered the fact that he left, uh, that he got hurt. Um, and, um, and so wasn't there for some important games. All right. So just to recap, my first team was Marcelino Huertas, Tayshaun Thomas, Deshaun Pierre, Kyle Wilcher, and Zach Hankins. Second team, I went with David Holston, Keith Langford, Zelko Sakic, Emmanuel Terry, and Georgie Shermadini. And Dave, what were your two teams again? I had Huertas, Pierre, Sakic, Thomas, Hankins on my first team. And then I went Holston. Uh, Tony Roten, Terry Wiltshire, and Sherman Dini on my second team. I think I think we should go. We we should mention a couple of guys maybe that yeah, yeah. were close. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask who are who are some of your closest uh, cuts. Uh, you know, Brandon Brown was in there. Um, yeah. um I, I I can't remember. There was the there was um, obviously he had some amazing games, but there was a there was at least one or two games where he was was basically um, just had a nightmare game, and so that was kind of why. Um, I ended up taking him out of that, but he was, he was the, he was my last, uh, cut, if you will, uh, with, when, and I decided to put in Roten. Um, I think, uh, um, Jacobin Brown, uh, but you know, the fact that I had Thomas in there, I thought that was really enough. 
Um, and you know, you mentioned, you mentioned fall, uh, kind of deserving to be in there, but I think, I think Sherman Dini, um, I, th- I, I, I ended up going with Sherman Dini over fall. Yeah. Yeah. A couple, uh, a couple guys I considered for sure there with Brown and Mustafa fall had a, had a really great season. Uh, a couple other guys who were kind of close cuts for me, James Feldin from Happel, Jerusalem. Uh, just kind of did James Feldin things. He averaged 15, three and three mm-hmm. shot the ball incredibly well. Um, Dwayne Evans from Dinamo Sassari. Yeah. Was, yeah. Was another, so uh, yeah. Yeah. Like kind of Deshaun Pierre got all the love all season and it was well-deserved, but yeah, Dwayne Evans was phenomenal. Also, uh, led the team in scoring with pretty much 16 points per game, five rebounds, uh, was, was, you know, consistently putting up big numbers throughout the season and helping that team to an 11 and three record. So he was definitely in consideration as well. And the last one for me, uh, Siobhan Thompson from Ostend was a monster this year, 13 points, 10 rebounds per game, uh, helped Ostend get into the playoffs, which, you know, like Zelko Sackage, we were, we were pretty shocked that Ostend made it at an eight and six record. And, uh, yeah, Siobhan Thompson was a big part of that. Any, any final thoughts there? Uh, Ruban, Ruban was uh, from Nimbrick was the other yeah. guy, um, that, you know, I was playing, you know, which guy from Nimbrick and then I, I ended up going with, uh, Hankins just because, um, his defense, um, and, uh, and, um, yeah, so that was it. All right. Well, I feel like we're going to get a little more Nimbrick talk here. Uh, let's go with coach of the year. Uh, I'll start it off. I'm going to go with Oren Amiel from Nimbrick. They had the best record in the league at 12 and 2, the only team to get to 12 wins. Uh, they were able to beat Tenerife in a group, which kind of seemed impossible at the beginning of the season and best defensive rating in the league. Uh, you know, that's, that's some, a pretty incredible accomplishment for this team. Like they, they have a lot of talent, of course. Uh, Hankins, Rubon, Boachik, they have all the veterans. Uh, they have good young players. Uh, they're, they're a very good roster, 100%. But to lead the league in wins, I don't think anybody necessarily would have expected that from Nimbrick at the beginning of the season. Uh, so I'm going to go with Oren Amiel from Aaron Nimbrick. And Dave, who you got for your coach of the year? I like I like the pick um, for sure. Um, I'm going to go actually with um, Elias Papateodoro from Ike. Um, and, you know, they, they were cruising along. Everybody was, yeah, this is a, (laughs) this is a Champions League, basketball Champions League title favorite, almost, if you will. And then, you know, San Ruiz leaves, they leave, they lose three in a row. Langford gets hurt. Um, and, um, they ended up winning their final two. And I, I just think, you know, the losing guys that were so important to his team, you look at St. Rose, you look at Langford, um, you look at Geekus, um, and keeping guys like Chalmers and Kendrick Ray happy while Langford was doing his thing. Um, he also, he also had to bring in new guys that were really important. Um, you know, Grant, um, Slaughter, uh, Jankovic, uh, Zizis, um, and incorporating those guys. And, and, and then, I mean, this, 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 if they, if they had, if they had lost their last two games and, and, you know, been a fourth seed, no way. But I think the fact that they caught themselves at the end and finished strong, 
um, just the fact that they that they were able to lose or the fact that they lost so much and that they were able to to really catch themselves, which you also have to kind of, you know, uh, you know, you, you also have to say, you know, like a guy like Jesus is, is a, is a nice guy to bring in as far as leadership on the yeah, court, sure. of course, cause he's, he's basically another coach, but so I'm going to go with him. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, all, all fair points there for sure. Very impressive, uh, to be able to steady the ship after losing Saint Ruse, a guy who played 40 minutes in multiple important games. Uh, and, and then for Langford to go down to be able to, to recover from losses like that is, is pretty impressive. So yeah, definitely cool with that pick. Some other options to consider, uh, of course, Tus Vitoretta from Tenerife always has that team playing really impressively. I think. Porfi Fisak over at Zaragoza did a really great job after a four and four start getting those guys going and, and they're third in the ACB. So to be able to balance those two and perform super well in both competitions is very impressive. Uh, Dave, who are some other uh, candidates that you considered for this? Uh, I got um, Dario Gerja, Ger- uh, sorry, from, from Ostend. You know, you yeah. look at that young young team, not much scoring and, and some look, <laughs> that team got the three seed. Um, and you, and the other do, one, do you do you discredit Jerja at all because he got ejected from that must-win game against Halone, and then the assistant coach brought it home? Or no, no, it goes in his favor. Yes, let's <laughs> win one for coach. Let's do this for coach. He put uh, put yeah. his uh, put his head on the on, on right there out for us. Um, yeah, and I, and I, I agree. I agree. And I'm gonna also say uh, I'm gonna say Burak. Um, Bikikte from Besiktas. Um, you know, Ivanovic leaves, takes um takes Jordan Theater with him. Uh, McAdoo goes as well. Um, and you know they won at home against Bonn, home against Brindisi at Fal- at Falco Simbati, and then um a hard place to play, and then won at home against Neptunus. Okay, three of those games were at home, uh, but three of those teams, you know, they they won against three direct comp- uh, opponents to get into the playoffs. Okay, they lost at, at they lost um, uh, against Dijon, uh, um, but you know that was already clear that they were in the playoffs. So uh, he's another guy, the Besiktas coach, that um, um, to come in and, and bring them to the playoffs uh, with four in a row. That, that's I think another one that can be considered. Yeah, yeah, maybe if we were doing coach of the second half of the season, put him put him in there for uh, getting Besiktas to the playoffs when everyone thought they were they were done. All right, next up, let's go defensive player of the year. Uh, I'll go first for this one. I went with Zach Hankins from Nimburg, led the league in blocks. Nimburg had the best defense; he was a huge part of that, and of course, other guys on the team uh, as well. That's that's a that's a team thing for sure. But Hankins as the rim protector there, and like you mentioned, Dave, when we were talking about the star lineups, the job that he did against some of the other big guys in that group, uh, particularly against Shermadini in the game where Nimburg beat them was really impressive. So I'm going to go with Zach Hankins for my defensive player of the year. Uh, who do you got for this one? I'm going to go Emmanuel Terry from Ben nice. Um Just, you know, just the, the effort that he puts out on defense. Um, and, uh, you know, 
uh, shot blocking, you know, hands active and everything else. Um, you know, he was such a huge, uh, part of that, that, uh, that, that, that team. And, you know, you know, that's another one where you, you look at the young guys, um, you know, really helping those young guys kind of, you know, take that next step as well. Um, and showing them the way defensively. So I went with, uh, Emmanuel Terry. Yeah, he was definitely uh, near the top of my list for, of consideration as well. All right, so Dave's going with Emmanuel Terry for his Defensive Player of the Year, and that's fitting because next topic, most entertaining player of the Basketball Champions League regular season, and I'm going to go with Emmanuel Terry. Like Dave was talking about, the block shots, the energy, just flying around, some insane highlight reel dunks, uh, like you know, blocking shots on one end, running the floor, getting a huge putback dunk. Emmanuel Terry was a, a highlight machine all season long. And something I didn't mention earlier when I put him on star lineup second team, he was second in the league in total minutes this season. So Dave mentioned helping out those young guys. Uh, yeah, Terry was just on the court all the time, pretty much. Um, and it seemed like his motor just never wavered, never stopped. Uh, really incredible season from him. So I went with him for my most entertaining player. Dave, who do you got for this one? I went with Tony Roten. Uh, you know, we obviously were talking so much about Anvil and, and how fun they are to watch. And obviously he was, uh, you know, just kind of, um, just, uh, 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 some of the, some of the games that he would take over and, and some of the, the flash that he would show uh, was just fantastic, and so um, you know he's he's a guy that will that I'll definitely miss wa- miss watching in the in the playoffs. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go with him. I, I my my first pick was was Terry, and I I and I said um, no, nah, I don't want to go. I want to I don't want to give him both. Um, I'll go with with Roten, but uh, so yeah, yeah. A couple other guys I would put in there. Uh, I think David Holston is incredibly fun to watch uh, with his handle three-point shooting the alley-oops he throws to all those guys on Dijon so I would put him in contention there uh, you could pick like three guys off of off of uh, Hapoel Jerusalem um, Huertas over at Tenerife has been just a magician this season and it's it's a pleasure and an honor to watch those great older veteran point guards like that in this league uh, so there's a few other guys I would go with there. Did you have any, anybody else that you were considering outside of that? You know, one, yeah, you know, one underrated guy, maybe Ibrahim Afalfe from from Antwerp. Um, you know, you don't necessarily think of him offensively, obviously, but just the the defensive energy, and I guess he could have probably been considered for the for the for the best defensive player as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, just, just watching him go crazy, uh, flying all over the court, uh, you know, you know, it wasn't a team that probably a lot of necessarily a lot of people watch because they didn't perform, uh, that well, uh, results wise. Uh, but yeah, that was a guy that, that I enjoyed watching all season as well. All right. So that's it for Dave and I's BCO regular season awards for the 2019, 2020 regular season coming up next. We've got our interview with DJ Seeley from Casa de Mont Zaragoza. Seeley helped Zaragoza win Group D with a 10-4 and record, uh, and they're having a great season in Spain as well. They're getting ready for the Copa del Rey in Malaga. Uh, so stay tuned for that interview with DJ, and Dave and I will catch you on the other side to wrap things up. 2.8 seconds. This is what it comes down to. What is the play? They get it to Curry. 
He puts it up, and he is prevented from behind by T.J. Seeley. Unbelievable. The man who won it last week at the free throw line tonight comes out and makes a defensive play to save the game. So on the show this week, we have D.J. Seeley from Castamante, Castamante, Saragossa. DJ, thanks for uh, taking some time uh, to talk to us. Uh, no problem. Thanks for having me. Uh, first of all, congratulations uh, on you guys winning the your group. You guys had a had a ten and four record. Maybe just talk about how important it was for for the team to finish uh, in the top spot. Uh, it was important to us to to finish this task by just to you know get back uh, on track because we had a rough patch where we was losing games and um, it was important for us to finish strong. So we came out and we had a you know this tough last game against Brindisi that would have decided it, but I think Brian lost. So at the end, it, it I guess it, it didn't matter if we won or lost that game, but. That was just a game of you know character, which we fought through tough road game and um, just you know playing, playing basically to to be the best of the group. So it was very important. Uh, coming into the season, did you did you kind of look uh, look around and think maybe uh, you know we should really win this group with our team? Yeah, yeah, I was I was actually excited about the season, like you know the preseason. I'm looking around, I'm just like, you know what? We got a chance actually to be real good. You know, and then we go out and we we beat Barcelona, we beat Madrid. You know, we beat the top two teams in our league, and then we kind of just, you know, go up from there. And I was like, oh, my God, okay. And then we got in the first place in the Champions League, and, you know, it's up from here. A lot of potential that we have. Yeah, DJ, and you, you mentioned that last regular season game, you guys beat Brindisi ninety three to ninety one. Uh, what, what were some of the keys to that win? Um, well, that was a tough one. That was a tough game for us because we had a long travel that day. I mean, the day before, because one of the flights had got delayed. And so the flights had got delayed, or one of the flights got delayed for like three hours, and then we had to get on another flight. So they they postponed that flight just so we can get on it. And then we ended up getting that, getting in around, I don't even remember, maybe like 12, 12 a.m. And then woke up for shooting around and uh, went to the game. So we was really struggling and that whole game. But we ended up, you know, pulling it off, making, you know, the right decisions. And in the fourth quarter, I was able to knock down some shots finally and, and make the right reads on the pick and roll situation. So that was key, I guess. The fourth quarter, what we was executing well, so that was key for us. Yeah, and what did you think about uh, Dylan Ennis banking in that that game winning runner from like fifteen feet away? Oh yeah, and that was clutch. That was clutch. I didn't think they was going to give him the open drive, but they gave it to him, and he banked it in. I was like, oh yeah, perfect, perfect uh, setup. Because the play didn't really go as we planned it. Um, kind of got mixed up a little bit, and then he got the ball at the top and blew past the defender and banked it in. So I was like, perfect. And sometimes that's the best the best way to go about it is to have like a scramble play, and then just one on one after that. 
And, uh, you know, that was actually one of a lot of close games that you guys have had this season. You you were fouled on that uh, last second three against Besiktas. Um, why do you think this team has been so good in, in, in tight games so far? Uh, just to, like attention to detail and executing um, what we need to execute when we need to. Just, you know, small details matter at the end of games. So we we were able to to do those little things and come out with the victories. Even in the league, it's the same. We, you know, the, the games that we lose are the games where, you know, the teams is very hot. So they hit everything and, you know, we just lose by a large margin. But if it's a close game, usually we pull it off. So we've been able to, to stay focused at the end of games. And you actually, but you actually started the the BCL season a little inconsistent. You know, you guys were four and four, uh, and then you you mm-hmm. put together the uh, the six game uh, winning streak uh, at the end. Anything change? Uh, maybe uh, along the way that kind of sparked that run. Um, just the mindset. Our mindset wasn't right in the beginning. We wasn't taking it as serious as we needed to until we found ourselves uh, what four and four, I think. It was four and four. We was like, okay, now we need to, you know, we got to pick it up. We got to focus and and because um, we had qualified for the cup, and that was one of our big goals was qualifying to get to this this Copa del Rey. And then once we qualified, we was able to, to really just focus on that at least a little bit more. Yeah, and unfortunately, uh, recently you guys lost Javier Hustiz for the season. Uh, and he he was your leading rebounder and a pretty important part of the team. Uh, how do you think you guys will recover from from losing him? Um, yeah, that was a tough loss for us. We need, we uh, we struggled last game with the rebound, but um, yeah, we I don't know. We we we're trying to figure that out now. How we gonna switch up the the scheme when he's not in the game? So we got Leninson which is our big five man, our other big five man. And now we need to to figure out how we're going to play without him. So we we'll put, you know, Radovich in, maybe he can play a little five and Vasquez in the five position. So different because now we go from playing big, big, to now playing small ball, which we can do. We just got to adjust and, and, you know, change it up a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Let's talk about your background a little bit. Uh, You played in high school in Stockton and Modesto, California. Uh, For people who don't know, that's kind of near like San Francisco, Oakland, Sacramento. Mm -hmm. Uh, What what was the basketball scene like growing up in that area? Um, We were were actually good. We were like number one in like our division. So we, we ended up going to play like I don't know, we do like state championship in California where we play the northern best Northern California teams versus best Southern California teams. And we ended up losing the game right before the state championship. So we did you know, we had good seasons there. Um as you know, California is a uh, a real good state for basketball. There's a lot of good players from from um California that's in the NBA right now. A lot of all stars. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's competitive growing up playing in California. 
and you uh, you decided to to play college ball at, at California, um, but then the, the coach mm-hmm. that that recruited you was fired. Um, after two mm-hmm. seasons, you you uh, ended up transferring to uh, Cal State Fullerton. Uh, maybe just how you look how you look back on that decision now. Um, you know, I thought it was the best decision for me because the coach and we couldn't, I mean, the first year we didn't come to an agreement. The second year we came to an agreement and I was like, okay, not good for either one of us. So I left and then went to Fullerton and, you know, I just basically had to restart my career and it ended up going well for me. Yeah, and you've been all over Europe. Uh, you know, this is your fourth season uh, in Spain, um, and after playing seven games with uh, Manresa, um, and then you had a couple stints with 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 the Grand Canaria as well. Uh, what do you think? It's uh, what do you think? Uh, España has that keeps pulling you uh, back to it. Um, I don't know. It's just the league. The league is one of. I mean, maybe the the top league in in, in Europe. And then just the way that the basketball is played here is, is the right way. I've been all over, and the competition is like, I don't think it's no other competition like the ACB. Because from top to bottom, you can be, you can be beat uh, on any given night. Like from, like the other night, we lost to Manresa, and they are, you know, one of the bottom teams. So you have to be like focused and, and ready to play every game. It's like you can't take any nights off. Yeah, and last season uh, when you were in Lithuania with Ritas, you won the cup in that league. Uh, does that give you any extra confidence going into the Copa del Rey this week with Zaragoza? Um, I mean, it does because I've been there before and I've been to the championship in the cup, uh, Copa del Rey. So, you know, I have a little bit of experience. But just as far as our team now, we just got to focus in on executing what we need to execute each game. Because in in this cup, it goes, we play one game, you win, you play the next game, and then you play the next game. So we have to be focused every day because we don't have time to go over, you know, over, okay, schemes for so long. So a lot of it is being locked in and being focused for the little time that we have. Yeah, and your first game is against the hosts, uh, Unicaja in Malaga. How do you feel about playing a true road game for the first round of the Copa? Uh, it'll be exciting. It's going to be, you know, I think more pressure for them than it is for us. But um, it's, it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be exciting first game. It's at 9.30, so I'm not too excited about that. But, um, yeah, we need to, you know, be on top of our game that that day because it's going to be a tough one. And we all excited to go out there and try to get, you know, this win because I think it's a, for a lot of our guys, it's their first cut. So, you know, they're all overexcited. So I'm just telling them to stay poised and, and stay calm. What, what do you think about the uh, Copa del Rey? I mean, this is, you know, as far as cups go in Europe, this is, you know, probably the best one just with uh, with all the attention and, and uh, you know, the, the 
you know, when it's basically the quarterfinals and then uh, all on, on one extended weekend. What do you think about the uh, Copa del Rey? Um, I like it. I like it. It's, it's, uh, it's competitive. The only thing is that it's, it's basically like a knockout. So if you lose, you, you lose the first game, you're out. You lose the second game, you're out. So you don't have any chances to, to for for mistakes. You don't have time and, and room for mistakes. Because you only get one game, so that's what makes it interesting. Because it's kind of like you know the final four or something like that. So yeah. you have to be, you know, you have to be on on point every single game. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's bring it back to the to the BCL. Uh, we are in the uh, playoffs now, uh, round of sixteen. You're, we're going to have a draw uh, coming up next week. Um, we don't know who you're going to play, but uh, it'll be either Elite Kabelis from Lithuania, Benderma uh, from the from Turkey, or Peristeri from Greece. Um, mm-hmm. I'll say it like this: you don't have to answer it like this necessarily, but do you have a preference at all, or, or what do you think about the round of sixteen? Um, no, I don't have a preference because I don't really know too much about the teams. Um... Besides Leek Cabellas, because I was in this league last year, so I know a little bit about them. But other than them, the other two I don't know much about. Um, and it's all come down to scouting when, when uh, we figure out who we play. And how important will it be that you that you guys do have the two home games? That if you, that if it does go to three games, that you have the, the last game at home? Yeah, yeah, that's important. That was one of the main, our main focuses to try to get you know, home court advantage because in playoffs it's, it's very important. I'm yeah. not saying that we can't play away. You know, we yeah. can't. It's not a problem to play road games. It's not a problem to play away. But just it's just easier to to not have to go on travels and, and you know only one travel I think because it's the best of what three. Best of three. Yeah. 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 So. You know, that makes it that much easier for us. Not easier, but it's more con- convenient. All right. Then to finish off, uh, I would say team goals. Um, let's go Champions League. Let's go Copa del Rey. And let's go ACB. Uh, you guys are third place, I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, in the ACB. Uh, hmm. Goals for all three competitions. All right. So for ACB, we want to we wanna try to get as, as you know, as, far as possible within these top three positions. So we want to try to stay top three um, until the end of the season, make playoffs, and and, and, have and then we'll set new, go- set new goals and, you know, have this home court advantage for playoffs. And then for Champions League, we want to also, you know, win this, this 16 and move on. So we want to try to take it one step at a time. So we want to focus on this next – next round and then take it from there of course we want to win a championship in both and then for this this cup um we want to start off by beating malaga first in in malaga all right fantastic uh great stuff uh dj seeley from casa de mont uh saragossa thanks for uh thanks for coming on the show appreciate your time and uh, good luck this good luck uh, this weekend in uh, in in Malaga. Ho- hopefully, you get to play uh, a couple of games, not just one game. And go home. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. But thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks again to DJ Seeley from Casa de Mont Zaragoza for joining us on this week's show. Uh, Dave, what did you think about uh, what DJ had to say and the season there in Zaragoza? Yeah, you know, that's a, a team that, uh, you know, hasn't really been, um, you know, we really haven't talked loads about them. You know, uh, I know we talked a lot about the the guard situation there with Ennis and Allison and uh, Brasina kind of going up and down and um but yeah, it's been a, it's been a fun, it's a, been a fun, uh, team to watch all year. And, uh, uh, you know, he's, he's, um, he's a, he's a guy who's been really steady and, uh, it was, um, he seemed like that talking to him. We talked actually after the interview between us, you know, it's like, you know, really calm and, and demeanor and, and just, uh, you know, getting things done and, and, uh. Yeah, it's it's uh it's a guy that uh you know they're definitely uh you know happy that you know you look at that last game you know where he you know had that big fourth quarter uh you know he's one of a, of a few guys that can step up and uh and produce when needed you know Bensing had one big game uh you know Ennis has been big Brusino obviously you know has ha- has his moments so you know it's a team where you never really necessarily know who's going to step up and i think that's one of uh you know that's that that can be a good thing as well yeah absolutely yeah Seeley, he didn't make either of our star lineup first or second team but he definitely has a strong argument as well 12 points per game this season three rebounds, three assists per game, shooting 44% from the three-point line, uh, has delivered in, in clutch situations for them. We mentioned in the interview when he got fouled uh, in Besiktas uh, on that last second three-pointer, he made a lot of clutch free throws and clutch shots in that game. And then uh, against Brindisi as well to wrap up the season, uh, hit some big shots. So yeah, DJ Seeley, Having an awesome season. It's been great to watch him. And Zaragoza are as dangerous as anybody in the competition, I think. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think there's a clear favorite right now. Um, maybe if, if Ike had retained Howard St. Ruse, we would talk about them as the favorite. But, you know, Turk Telecom, Dinamo Sassari, Jerusalem, Ike, Nimburg, Tenerife, Zaragoza is, uh, is every bit in that conversation, I think. Uh, so it's going to be really interesting to see who they draw in the playoffs and, and how that plays out. Uh, Dave, any final thoughts before we wrap it up this week? No, just looking forward to uh, Tuesday. Uh, when you hear this on Tuesday, the, there'll be the draw. And uh, looking forward to uh, kind of break it down, figure out uh, you know where the toughest matchups are. You know which 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 uh, three or four seed can uh, can uh, can maybe uh, steal uh, steal the the road matchup. And um, yeah, just um, we're we're getting closer now. <laughs> to having the having the playoffs start which is what we've been waiting for the whole season um obviously uh wanting to get to wanting to get you know wanting to watch the full regular season but then you know you want to know who's going to be the champion and so now we're uh we're in the next step yeah it's going to be awesome to see the playoff matchups next week the draw is tuesday february 18th dave and i will have a podcast for you next week previewing some of the matchups and just kind of giving our initial reactions uh what are you know some of the most interesting games and uh and matchups to watch for and things like that so check out the draw on february 18th you can watch that on the champions league youtube channel follow us on twitter 
and Instagram at basketballcl and go to the official website, championsleague.basketball, to take a look at the standings, the stats, everything that you need before the playoffs. I'm sure Deacon Lloyd-Smith and Igor Djurkovic will have some new co- new articles going up on the site, uh, as, as well as Dave uh, writing between now and the playoffs. So that's it for this week's episode. Thanks again to DJ Seeley from Zaragoza for joining us. For David Hine over in Germany, my name is Austin Green. This has been BCL Coast to Coast, and we'll talk to you next week.